Hello. Hi, Rebecca. It's Beatrice. Hi, Beatrice. It's Rebecca. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you. Sun is shining. That's always good. <gasps> I know. Yeah. I know. Because it was grey, wasn't it, for a few mm. days? And that was just... No. We no. don't need that. Yes, it's much nicer today. That's mm. very good. What about yes. you? How are you? I'm very happy because I got a new plant yesterday. Ooh. I'm plant crazy at the moment. Ooh. Mm. She's very lovely. She's very delicate, frondy. She's a Kentia palm. Okay. Yeah, and she is, she's supposed to help purify the air. That's amazing. I know, isn't it? That's very clever. And she, yeah, she's really lovely. She's just settling in at the moment. She's just, she only came yesterday and she's just relaxing with another plant at the oh, moment okay. to acclimatize. Mm. Has she got, got a name? She hasn't yet because she's only just arrived. I okay. don't want to rush her. Mm. She will tell me when the time comes. Yeah. Um, and I got a lovely blush pink pot to put her in. That sounds very nice. Mm. Well, I'm very particular about the pot as well as the plants, as you can imagine. Yes. So I like these ones which are like plant, you know, like they're like flower pots, but they're ceramic. Mm. And they're very beautiful. So so I'm very happy with that. So I'm just expanding the plant universe. universe. Yes, that sounds wonderful. Again, I, I still haven't... I did have a plant for a while, but it made us both sneeze rather madly. Oh, no. So unfortunately, I had to, had to set it free. Um, oh, good Lord. Yeah, so that... Yeah, um, I should take your advice. I'll, I'll, I might need to ask you what... As a starter plant, you know, what... A starter plant. Mm, mm. Yes, we can talk. We can discuss that. I will have a think about what yeah. would be the most Beatrice plant. <laughs> I made a purchase as well this week. Oh, what did you buy? I finally bought the beautiful book trolley from Present and Correct. <gasps> oh, how gorgeous! Yeah, it was a bit of a long drawn out saga because it took me about three months or more to make up my mind to buy it, and then. You couldn't buy it anymore, but you could say that you were interested in it. So then when right. they sent the email that it had come back, I then spent another 10 days thinking about it. But I've done, I've, 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 I've done it. I've done it. And I, it's a bit like a pre-order. It won't be here until right. June. But that's yeah. really good because I can think about what I'm going to put on it. Yes, you can practice. Yeah, so there's think about it in different spaces. Yeah, and there's three shelves, so you know I could put books according to a different particular subject on each Mm. shelf, or um, Or color of color. Yeah, yeah, I could do that. So there's quite a lot to explore in the next month. (sighs) Well, as you know, I love my stationery trolley. It Mm. is my favorite piece of furniture. I engage with it every day, and I look at it all the time. Yeah. No, yeah. present and correct are just so lovely. Yeah, no, they were really great. And I had a question, and it was, you know, I sent it quite late in the evening, and it replied instantly, not that you should work all all the hours. That... No, we want the present yeah. and correct stuff they to need get to, to sleep as They well. need to relax as well, but, mm. yeah, I was very impressed. They're marvellous, mm. and I love their Instagram account. Oh, I'm not even sure I follow them. 
Oh my the god. Beatrice, you are a disgrace. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Yeah, I shall. I shall. I shall. No, they do very lovely posts. Mm. With, with, yes. Well, I'm not going to spoil it. I okay. Mean, I, look, sh- I will I'm not have a look. I'm going to tell you. You have to do the work. Yeah. Okay. That's something to look forward to. Yeah. Yeah. That's very good. And then there was just such sad news, wasn't there, at the weekend about Albert Albas? Yeah, that was. Yeah, that was really awful. I just couldn't. It was just, just so sad. Mm. I, and he is so talented and such a lovely man as well. Yes, and yes, and I also always loved how he dressed. I thought it was just, yes. yeah, I really like like that. Have you seen when he launched a AZ Factory? They, they did this film. It's quite long. It's about 25 minutes long. No, I haven't seen it. I just watched it. Yeah, I just watched it only yesterday but um, it's really funny because it's like it's meant to be like a fashion tv show but it's in it's quite naff you know but on purpose Mm. and it has him in it a lot so maybe a third of it is him just talking about why it's about three different types it's not they're not really collections and what is quite funny he says and it won't be a capsule because capsule makes me think of antibiotics which in this it's just in this sort of instance also but anyway so he um he talks quite a bit and and yeah about the three different things he's sort of created and what i also really like there was quite a bit of footage of the factories because a lot of it is about new new technology in terms of fabrics so there were a lot of you know the people um, in the factories were saying what they were working on. I thought that was really nice. That's very mm. nice. And then there's sort of models who are weather girls and um, reporters. And yeah, oh, that's, that's quite funny. fun. Mm. It's really fun. Because it's such a, I think it's such a lovely idea. And I loved, I loved the way it, I mean, it's very Claire McCartney. So I love mm. that. Not the style of the clothes, but the concept. It goes back to my beloved 30s sportswear mm. I love the way it's like sort of jumpsuity kind of things and and like leggings and tops that you could wear to go for a run but then you can layer it with a big gorgeous bubble douchesse satin mm. skirt and suddenly it's an evening dress yeah it's it's like a much more imaginative and exciting I don't want to say capture because I don't want to. You know, yeah, I know. I thought when, know. when I then, he said that, he says that at the beginning about the capsule and then I later on thought, hmm, <laughs> this looks a little so, bit like a capsule. It does look a mm. bit like that. Um, but I, I like the way, and I like the way there's like pajamas and robes, but then there's, those can also be switched into because isn't there a sort of sportier collection and more yeah, dressy so the, collection and then the, the, the sort of um not night evening wear night wear yeah but they all intersect so you could wear everything with everything else yeah I, it seemed like the three parts were a bit separate so the first one is this sort of stretchy fabric which is sort of got mm. simple dresses with a zip at the back and with this sort of chain that it helps you put the zip up because he said oh, it, it was always clever. so difficult for women because they often mm. have a zip at the back and it's really hard to make up and and yeah. then the second one was more the sort of sporty with sort of pointy sneakers as well. Mm. And then the third one was what more what you just described, which looked mm. so nice. And the 
the colours were just so amazing. The colours were gorgeous. Mm. I mean, he's always been, I think he's always been really, really good with colour. Yeah. Which not all designers are. And I, and I really, it's like you can really tell that he started off with Jeffrey Bean. It's like he really refined his skills. And I mean, Jeffrey Bean was so amazing and so underrated. And I think what's great about him, because I do think, I mean, we've discussed this before, there are people who frankly just copy Jeffrey <laughs> Dean because he's mm. not so well-known in the universe. But I feel like Albert Albaz, it's like he understood what Jeffrey Bean was doing and he understood the refinement of ideas of, of yes, kind of thinking and thinking through how a woman would actually experience wearing these clothes as well as thinking about the technical and the design flourishes Mm. that you want to put into into a piece of work into an into a garment and I feel like he took that spirit forward and he I mean it's so amazing that Pierre Beger and Yves Saint Laurent wanted him as the inheritor of the house and yeah you can see how he's in that spirit of someone who is immersed in and so interested in what you can do with fashion but then also is kind of in love with the way you can transform a woman or a woman can feel transformed Mm. yeah it's not just kind of thinking i'm a great designer and i can do these amazing things and then you know women can fit into it yeah into what i've done yeah no totally i had him talk in another thing about shoulder pads and that he he didn't want women to look sort of super powerful but strong and, yes, that's and, a really good difference. Yeah, and that that he felt it would help help them having a bit having his shoulder pads, but he didn't just use shoulder pads. He sort of sewed, you know, seams on them and stuff like that, and tried to make do something different, mm. um, different with them that they weren't just shoulder pads you put in. They were sort of more integral to the to the garment. So that was really interesting. Yeah, really good. And I mean, this, his designs for Lanvin was so yeah, mm. so gorgeous. And what Lanvin did is very bad. Mm. I'm not even really sure quite what they thought they were doing, but it was yeah. bad. Yeah. And and I think you can see by the kind of women you know who wore his work, you can see how well he spoke to them. Mm. You know how how he engaged with women who enjoy fashion but are also their own people i don't Mm. think i said that very well but you know what i mean yeah yeah that you know that they have their own identity and sense of self and sense of how they want to look in clothes Mm. and the clothes Uh, i mean maybe i'm wrong there but they they weren't they were beautiful and made of course but not showy you know it's it's mm. sort of this uh, yeah and like you say again i remember seeing something at Dover Street Market, and I I can't even recall the actual garment that well. It was a dress or a skirt, but mm. the, again, like you say, the color was so beautiful. It was a dark blue, but it wasn't just navy. You know, it was just a beautiful, just special blue. Yes, that's a really good way of putting it. A special blue, like special. It it is, and I think you're right. It's like the kind of clothes that you just the more you. I'm sure I never wore his clothes, but no. the more you, I'm sure the more you wore them, but also the more you saw them, or the you looked at them, the deeper your appreciation mm. would be. It's not just something that's showy and all for the spectator and you're done. Mm. They all look like they'd be really, like they'd feel really great to wear, like yes. you'd feel really good in them. 
Yeah. No, it's it's very sad. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Oh. No, and and um, on a happier note, mm-hmm. though, I went to Bonhams this week to see the the preview of the auction of fine jewelry, which was oh, rather amazing. Wow. I know it was it was amazing because I mean I can't I was trying to remember when I last like handled actual objects yes. you know mm. like dress or mm. and I can't even remember like I can't remember my last dress storeroom visit yeah. I can't remember when it would have been or which it was probably with you both Beatrice <laughs> but mm. I I don't know when it was because it was so long ago yeah and. We'd hoped that I could go, because I love Emily Barber, who's the head of Jewelry. She's the most inspiring, wonderful woman. And I was really sorry not to see her, because I, th- I think maybe we were going to, I was, gonna, I was going in to see her just before the lockdown. Oh, maybe, yeah. In autumn. Mm. And so finally getting to see her was wonderful, because as I say, she's just, you always go away just thinking, just feeling joyful from being with her but also yeah just handling things was so amazing it was like oh my goodness i'm actually touching stuff and is is there a theme to the auction or no it was it was just amazing jewelry Mm, i mean that's the theme (laughs) that's That's the theme Mm. it's amazing category is amazing jewellery extravaganza Mm. and the thing that I keep thinking this I can't really have tried this on because it's too amazing there was this incredible Bulgari emerald ring like a huge 10.04 carat emerald so big and the most intense wonderful clear green and cut so when you looked in it you felt like you were seeing infinity you know when they're cut so you feel like you're looking deeper and deeper and deeper wow then with a diamond either side which was amazing i had it on my hand it was an emily told me it's a super gem a super gem oh i'm just on their instagram yeah it's the first picture super gem oh yeah it does look like a super gem oh my god amazing and it felt amazing on my hand because that was something we kept saying is you forget the experience of trying on all these things Mm. that you know some are heavier than others some seem to fit around your finger or your wrist in a particular way so that was amazing and it sold for 598,750 oh god imagine I I just But I also, I mean, I know you, you know, you were there and it's secure and everything, but I just cannot imagine wearing something like that just no. out, you know, it's just, no. I just cannot imagine that. But yeah, well, that looks I, gorgeous. I would guess that whoever bought it is not going to the kind of places we're going to. Yeah, they probably don't use the tube. And, They're probably yeah. going from Or the their bus. driver and mm. their car to a place and then driven and then a place and then driven mm. they're not not yeah, that there's not any issue with wearing jewelry in the tube or on the bus i'm not saying that it's just more no. it's more it's more about me i have lost rings so well yeah i also think yeah no it's it's not in our realm mm, no but not it's quite. amazing to try them on yes and i never look at any of the prices before i go mm. i always 
just want to see them and think about them as amazing things. So, so that, do you know from when that is? Because I should know this, you know, no, because decorative arts is part a little bit it was dated. of my remit. Mm. Um, hang on, I'm just looking. Yeah, I don't no, think it's... Uh, it doesn't give mm, a date. Mm. Um, but that was amazing. Yeah. That was truly gorgeous and amazing. That was wonderful. And the, the thing I most would have liked to own in my own real life, which I think I could have worn anywhere, was there was a 1973 Cartier TV bracelet that's like this sort of rounded oblong shape, like the shape of a TV screen. Oh, okay. Yeah, and it's it's lovely and chunky and tubular and gold and gorgeous and oh I tried that on and I, <laughs> I would very much I could very much see myself wearing that uh, and what yes. else what else well I mean there were so many things obviously there were the art deco bra- diamond bracelets that I always want whenever we go um, something I was very interested in there was a John Brogdon who's this very important London like Victorian London jeweller, and he did a lot of, they call it kind of archaeological or... Oh, yeah, we have them at the museum. Mm. Oh, do you? Yeah, yeah, we do. You know, we actually yeah. have quite a good jewellery. We have a good oh, jewellery collection. Oh, you have an yeah. amazing collection. Mm. And there was this wonderful, um, I think from about 1870, this wonderful necklace that the chain was this sort of really delicate, tiny, tiny links, but then grouped together so it's like a rope and then it's got an ancient Assyrian seal is the pendant and it's going horizontally so there's like the gold chain and then this horizontal seal with gold at either end to hold it in place but the seal itself moves like you can turn Mm. it around to see Mm. and then it either side of the end of it are gold drops so really, like, the design itself is really beautiful and striking, but the way it's designed as, like, a frame for this piece of history oh, is really yes. interesting. Mm, mm. And I like, apparently, that there was a real interest in Assyrian jewellery at this period and interest in the Assyrian galleries at the British Museum. Mm. And it's just fascinating to see it. I mean... Obviously, you kind of think, well, how did they get the Assyrian seal, which Mm. we do not know. Mm. But it's very beautifully done. And I think it's really interesting the way, you know, the meaning it would have had in Assyria, but then the way it's being used in Victorian Britain. And apparently I read in the catalogue that there was, you know, it was really a British thing to be interested in Assyrian artworks in this way and to appropriate them into contemporary, then contemporary jewellery. Mm. And, and you get a bit a bit later in France and America, but it was a British thing. And I was looking at his, at his work online as well because there's a big album of jewellery designs from his jewellers at the V&A. Oh, okay. So mm. I was really interested looking at that what is he called again john brogdon ah okay yeah so that was super interesting i would be interested to know who you know who the market is for that kind of jewelry is it something that goes to a museum yeah Mm. 
The ring I, I can know. see, but um, this I don't know. I can't. I don't know. I wonder who would would people wear it, or do they buy it for their collection? I um, don't know. I mean, mm. I we I went there with Olivia. You remember my lovely? She was my MA student last year, and she's oh yes, at a, mm. yeah, a fine jewelry startup now. She's really fantastic, and she was asking about the market for different things. And Emily kept saying it's it's really hard with jewelry to predict who will buy things because it might be someone who's a collector it might be someone who not so much this but with particular gemstones that that they might be wanting the gemstone more than the jewelry piece oh okay um mm. it might be but a lot of it just comes down to personal taste that mm. some people think i want to wear that or i want that in my collection that apparently it's really difficult with jewelry to kind of break down and say mm. this type of person is buying this type of thing yeah. although there's definitely she was talking as well Jim, Emily was talking about you know how there's been in the last few years the rise of first of all coloured diamonds and then coloured stones more generally and how that's been a very definite trend that you know in the early 19th century sorry 20th century for example you know, if you had a yellow diamond, that wasn't that great because no. you wanted a clear white one. But no, that was really fascinating. Yeah. And because, you know, I find hair jewellery spooky. <laughs> I didn't actually know that. I do find it spooky. I mean, I find it interesting, but I find it spooky on a personal mm. level. And they had they had several pieces from the Duchess of Somerset, who was the lady-in-waiting to Queen Victoria, mm-hmm. which were really beautiful. There were two lovely lockets with sort of pale, sort of Tiffany blue-coloured enamel and then diamonds, or one had diamonds for the the nations of the United Kingdom, so, you know, a thistle, a rose, a shamrock, what have I missed out, a daffodil. That was really beautiful, and that had... Some of, and then inside it had rock crystal with um, Queen Victoria's hair. Oh, mm-hmm. just like a few strands, not like one of you know, some of the morning jewelry has really elaborate patterns mm, with the hair. Yeah. And mm. This is just a few, like a curl of it. And then also a rock crystal, a big pendant that's very beautiful with a, a diamond S and a coronet above. That apparently, like the way they do it is they have the, the rock crystal, which is this sort of oval dome and then the hair and then glass behind okay so you can just see hair inside so it looks like it's inside the crystal that one spooked me bit <laughs> that's got queen victoria's and then there's a beautiful blue enamel locket with gold with a, a crown on it and that's got charles x's hair in it oh really mm. and apparently this was a thing, like with Victoria, she was her lady-in-waiting. And it's like a sign of your favour that you gave someone your hair. Mm-hmm. I don't want to bring that back. No, I I find her hair, I mean, this is not hair jewellery, that's a different thing, like you said. But I, yeah, I find it fascinating. But again, yeah, I'm a bit, I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not into that. But I think they're amazing pieces of jewellery. Mm. And I was really interested to see them because I tend to just think hair jewellery is about mourning. But this isn't about that. It's no. about favour and passing mm. on. You know, when you said hair jewellery, I, I thought you meant hair ornaments. 
at first. Uh, uh, and I thought, why is there a problem with hair ornaments? <laughs> <laughs> no, I would like that. Mm. And and I, I also like that each one of these, there's a lovely little handwritten note of what it is. Yeah, they were really... The jewelry, which I really like. They were really into that. You know, we, we mm. have a lot of royal things at the museum and they often come with handwritten notes. I really like that. That is I quite like... a nice thing. Maybe that is something it's we should nice. we should that bring I back. Like. Yeah, we could put some that, handwritten notes. Write some little handwritten yeah, notes with our things. Or yeah, or even our favorite socks, possibly. Oh my goodness! Yes, <laughs> bitches. I feel this is a whole exhibition. Yeah, and it won't be like normal museum labels. We'll just write what we mm. want to, people to know about that yeah. sock. Mm. Uh, but let me tell you because I think you might know this this lady Um, there were also several rather amazingly amazing things from the Countess of Ross who was is that Lord Snowden's mother no yes oh she is okay Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that was very interesting because you got such a sense of her from the pieces Mm. Because, for example, there was a rather gorgeous and dramatic mid-19th century cameo. This is a bracelet. So the Mm -hmm. centre, it's like cameo enamel, pearl and diamond. So it's got it all. And it's black and white with gold. And it's the centre cameo is a lion uh, fawning over Eros. So love conquers all is the message for us here. Mm-hmm. And it's super three-dimensional. And then black and, and diamond for the very chunky bracelet. And I looked at it and I thought, oh, my goodness, that's a bit much, isn't it? That's yeah. a bit too many things going on. And then I tried it on and I thought, well, no, actually, that's fabulous. <laughs> and I'd happily wear that myself. Oh, interesting. And what was interesting is she seems to have worn that a lot. And that was really it was really nice. There was that one and then one that Olivia rather loved, which was a gold bangle. And then it had um, it had diamond and I think maybe pearl as well. But it had a, an emerald bead at the top, which you could fiddle with and it would spin. And, oh, we, wow. and she wore that a lot. And apparently she wore them together a lot. Mm. which was a lot <laughs> but in quite a good and fabulous mm. way i'm thinking with your cashmere sweater your yeah. white shirt mm. yes yeah and we were both saying how both of us are real fidgets with our jewelry and that that would be very satisfying to be able to spin this emerald i've never heard of anything like that i think that's amazing it we were very very taken with that and mm. thinking we would enjoy we would enjoy that very mm. much indeed. And then there was also an amazing necklace and matching bracelet that was this beautiful pinky red spinel, spinel and diamond that was very sort of delicate. And Emily was saying about how Countess of Ross, I mean, she was really into fashion as well and that she would yeah. try to put on her clothes she would like decide her outfit, and then she and her husband would discuss which jewelry. Oh, really? And then she was, and you could really, you got just got such a sense of her from these pieces because, you know, they're things she inherited. Mm. Um, that you know, the the spinel and diamond necklace and bracelet from 
from the 19th century as well and like these amazing Tajikistan spinels that are beautiful pinky red but you got a sense of someone who really loved and enjoyed her jewellery and wore it a lot Mm. and her understanding the relationship between clothes and jewellery and that some pieces you wear all the time and some you think about in relation to a particular dress mm. and she wore Charles James, Victor Stiebel, uh, Molyneux, Scaparelli, you know, she knew her stuff. Yeah. Oh, couture wise and clearly really enjoyed the, the combination mm. she could come up with. So I thought that was rather wonderful. And I think Brighton museum has quite a lot of her yeah they had an because, exhibition at some point yes mm. yes because she she's from the Messel family yeah and they've got several generations of Messel family clothes and i think she was the one who she's like the generation that saw this was important and that you must keep mm. yeah things so that was fascinating mm. and then one last one i want to tell you about just because it i really i put it on and i enjoyed it was there was now I hope I'm saying this right chrysoberyl so like pale green stones plaque ring and I thought it was an 18th century Portuguese piece and Emily brought that out with a couple of other things because they put them you know they put them on those oh yeah like, trays, trays. Mm. and I thought it was a brooch because it was a big you know big oval with just loads and loads of like parve pale green stones and I thought oh, that's a nice bridge it's a ring wow 18th and, century you say yes mm. and it's really big it's like you know over your knuckle size <sighs> wow big big but very pleasing I mean honestly though it's one of those things that I think if you if I wore it personally I would not be good company because I'd just be staring at it mm. But same as a green emerald. I mean, everyone would I be know. staring at it. I know. And and the, the 18th century, she said it was typical sort of Portuguese with this kind of shield-like pave. Mm. And it, the gems were foiled. Mm-hmm. So, you, so you get really interesting colour, mm. depth. So that was very nice. So it was just all gorgeous. Yeah, it sounds And I amazing. learned so much. Mm. And just... I think particularly having been starved of, of yes. handling and looking at things and talking to someone who's an amazing expert, mm. I think it also made Olivia and I think more about the experience of wearing jewellery and how central that is to it. And also the rituals of choosing what you're going to wear and putting it on, that like that can be a real pleasure of putting your necklace on each morning or whatever. And I guess... Uh, sorry... No, go on. Yeah, we partly come full circle because I'm always also thinking, you know, you have to store it in some way and yes. that can be really nice. Well, maybe present and correct, that can be another thing. A sideline. A lovely trolley. Yeah. A jewellery trolley. A jewellery trolley. trolley. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I think this good. is where we need to end. This is, this is too much. I know. Yeah. I think our brains mm. are going to explain yeah. the sort of jewellery trolleys. Yeah. Okay, well, marvellous as ever, Beatrice. Thank you for this. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.